welcome back to the Smoke Break Podcast. This is Mr. Coming to you live from the boiler room, here to proudly announce our first sponsorship with the show with the lovely Baukduti Inuit Women of Canada. This podcast episode is brought to you by Let's Talk Let's talk about weed. Let's just do it. Nobody really does. Let's have an open, honest conversation about it. Let's Talk About Uyarak Toolkit can help you get the facts about cannabis and help parents learn how to talk to their kids about Uyarak. Trying to scare kids about the effects of weed doesn't always work. Let's just have an honest conversation about it. It's a way better approach. You will find more facts and safety tips on letstalkaboutuyarak.com. And Uyarak is spelled U-J-A-R-A-K, which means weed in Inuktitut, and is created by the Baukduti Inuit Women of Canada. Three friends really enjoying ourselves, talking about current events, talking about our culture, talking about things that you wouldn't necessarily learn about in your day-to-day life. Oh, good. Cheers. Shake it out. Shake, shake it up. Shake it up. Shake it up. Shake it off. Okay. Welcome back to the smoke break, everybody. I am Mr. I am here with my boy. I I am Sam. Nice to hear you guys again. Um, we are without our third Bernard. He's uh, in Costa Rica still right now on vacation. Lucky guy. Um, yeah, but we're here with Crystal Lipinski from Baukdutit. Um, and we're here to talk a bit about their project, talk a little bit about uh, Crystal's background, what she does. And yeah, we're just here to have a good time. Good, good to Good to be back. So, Crystal. Hey. <laughs> how you doing? You want to introduce yourself a little bit? Um, yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm good. Uh, super jealous about uh, your friends uh, being on vacation. Yes. Uh, lucky him. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm Crystal. I'm originally from Sanalayak Nunavut, uh, formerly known as Paul Beach. Um, yeah, I've been living in Ontario for about... 20 years now, I think. Um, okay. Doesn't feel 20 years, but uh, <laughs> I think a lot of that is um, because I've really traveled across Inuit communities uh, for almost 10 years now. Wow, yeah. cool. So you said you, did you grow up uh, in Taludyot, you said? Sanerayak, my bad. Yeah, in Sanerayak. Okay, okay. Yeah. So you lived there, did you, did you do your high school there or were you in uh, Ottawa for high school no no I was in Ontario um for high school um I was 10 when we uh we moved to Ontario okay and you did uh post-secondary at uh Algonquin is that correct yeah um yeah I graduated from the social service worker program um and I had also taken uh, their project or applied management program as well and general science okay nice (laughs) nice what did, yeah. What did you do uh, outside, uh, right outside of secondary school? Uh, when I completed, you mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so after um, high school, I went to Algonquin in the social service worker program. Um, and right after that, uh, my first job was a community social service worker for um, the government of Nunavut. Okay. Oh, cool. What? Uh, yeah, what? <laughs> it, it was it was very intense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, must have been. What made you decide to take that program? Like, what led you to that program? Um, so when we moved to Ontario, I was super super pissed up. My parents. I'm not gonna lie. I don't know if I can say pissed, <laughs> but I'm gonna say it. I was very upset. <laughs> Um, and I did not want to leave home. I wanted to stay uh, with my family. I wanted to stay with my sister. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I, like my sister and I would talk on the phone, like almost every day. Um, and when I was like, when we first moved to Ontario and I'm like, when I turn 18, I'm moving back home. I'm never going to live here. (laughs) And I, like, I, this is the mentality that I had throughout my adolescent years. Um, but in high school, I had decided um, that maybe I should go home um, for March break um, and um, kind of see if 
where I want to be and or if I want to go to post-secondary in Ontario. And so I went home. Um, I was only supposed to stay for a week and then I changed my plane ticket without my parents knowing. (laughs) I stayed an extra week. Um, And I, I, I realized though when I was home like how many of my family, friends, community members were suffering um, lack of, um, you know, housing, mm-hmm. um, not getting support um, through, um, I guess, linguistically, um, in a linguistic way. There was no Inuit or no, no um, Inuit speakers in social services. And that's really kind of what transpired me to be like hey maybe I don't want to be a cop anymore maybe I want to be a social worker (laughs) okay yeah oh you wanted to be a cop before deciding to become a social worker I know isn't that crazy (laughs) yeah I did (laughs) it was my childhood dream to be a CMP officer (laughs) that's kind of cool actually that's really interesting yeah I'm not in that field though (laughs) I'm kind of thankful I'm not (laughs) yeah yeah, it'd be a bit more intense, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. That's cool that you I feel like yeah, a lot of sure. a lot of people who grow up in Nunavut, um, no matter how far we end up going in other other cities throughout Canada or elsewhere, we always we always end up coming back or wanting to come back and mm-hmm. help our community or or just, you know, uh, reintegrate into into our life here. Everyone's so connected um with our families and our friends mm-hmm. and I, th- I think a lot of people can relate to that for sure. Yeah. So we did a little bit of research on you online um, and you seem like you do a lot or have been doing a lot over the last few years um, yeah. from your uh, masonry company, um, professional consulting. You did uh, work with NIYC and now with Bout Duty. And we just wanted to ask you a bit about that because it's honestly really impressive how much you seem to have done uh, in your professional career. So um, we wanted to ask a bit about Upi Consulting. Um, we noticed uh, you're the CEO of uh, Upi Consulting. We, we just wanted to get a little bit more info on what that is. Yeah, um, so Upi Consulting Inc. Um, is my business. Um, and um, it really kind of transpired around just like project management and facilitation. Um, you know, and I've many of the the roles that I've played before have always involved uh, Inuit youth, mm-hmm. um, particularly Inuit youth um, um, as it relates to the social um, welfare aspect of things or cultural revitalization and getting Inuit youth connected, reconnected uh, and reclaiming um, culture, traditions, language, and that kind of thing. Okay. Um, and then it's, you know, I've, I've also done a lot of policy as well. So it was just kind of like, taking small contracts here and there uh, with Inuit organizations and, um, you know, the whole idea of Inuit for Inuit by Inuit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so that kind of, like, that has been the, the vision and mission of my business. Um, and so I work uh, specifically uh, with Inuit organizations or businesses that are working in Inuit communities um, and supporting them in, uh, whether it's like facilitation of workshops or um, community engagement, uh, reviewing uh, and evaluating programs and services, making sure they're Inuit specific um, and culturally sensitive. Um, and uh, actually the um, project that we're going to be talking about with Bautudik, uh, I'm not actually a staff member of Bautudik. Um, I was um, a consultant for, for them. Um, and supporting them through uh, the uh, engagement sessions. Okay, that's really cool. It's it's good to hear that even even despite living down south, you're able to still support Inuit communities up here or Inuit looking to further their professional careers and stuff. That's really good to that's really good to know and know that that's being done because I think a lot of people in our generation we really want to help help our uh help Inuit any way we can and I, I think a lot of us sometimes get tired of of living up here too and it's good to know that we we have support from other Inuit down south and that we mm-hmm. could take that step too mm-hmm. so thank you thank you for talking about that mm-hmm. yeah so also before just before we get to Bauk Duti, um we know that you were uh 
the president of the National Inuit Youth Council uh, before before moving on to Bogduti. Just wanted to know what uh, what that was like, what your day to day duties were like. Yeah. Um, sorry, my funny just came into the room. Sorry about that. No worries. Didn't hear anything. <laughs> That's okay. Maybe she can explain it for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's like coming in with her paper. She's wanting me to staple. Like she's like so into coloring right now and writing. <laughs> Callie, mommy, mom, <laughs> on everything. Like, I'm like, Callie, get out of here. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, the National Inuit Youth Council um, was such a remarkable and humbling experience. Like, I, every time I talk about it, I try and come up with the right expression and words to truly share what that was like it's it's you get this opportunity to work so closely with not just with Inuit uh, youth and understanding their priorities but with Inuit leadership and it kind of like molds you and you have the opportunity to speak directly with leadership and and gaining like skills and understanding and experience and this mentorship kind of thing mm, yeah. and it, it's just such a it was just so remarkable like I've, I've I traveled um to Finland um to Madrid Damn. um and to Scotland and actually um uh, in Finland it was for the uh, indigenous about what was it indigenous leaders um arctic indigenous leaders summit okay. um, and uh rebecca Kadu, uh, president of Bautudik, was there and so i got the opportunity to kind of pick her brain right like what is it like to be a, a leader for inuit women in canada and what are some of your priorities and mm-hmm. you know asking her all kinds of questions but it also gave her the opportunity to be like now, what's it like for what are the priorities for inuit youth how can we support inuit youth better in canada uh, how can we better support uh, Inuit youth, um, uh, women and girls? And, you know, like it just provided that opportunity for a safe dialogue with mm-hmm. Inuit leaders. And uh, it's very empowering. Honestly, I encourage any Inuk youth interested in uh, not just politics, but the opportunity to learn from other Inuit youth across Canada and internationally to really engage with NIYC mm-hmm. um, and even with uh, Inuit organizations that have um, call-outs for Inuit youth because you really get these fulsome experiences. And it's just, I, I don't know how to explain it. I don't know if I actually did or not, but it, <laughs> it's, such a, it's such a neat um, and such a humbling experience. And you get to learn from other Inuit youth about what they're doing in their communities, the different initiatives they're um, holding, what's working, what's not, what their ideas and aspirations are. And it's just like really an opportunity to brainstorm collectively and trying to plan out, you know, what our future will look like. It's pretty neat. Yeah, that sounds really cool. Yeah, because yeah, I find I find like living here in Ikhali for so long, it's easy to easy to think that like this is all there is this is like the only way of living right now but it's cool that you got to talk to other Inuit like internationally or within Canada and get together and just you know plan or talk about what yeah I think it's I think it's really interesting mm-hmm. uh, yeah was- I was uh, I actually lived in Iqaluit a couple of years ago okay. um, before COVID and I was so surprised that there was like, because I was so hungry for my kids to be immersed in Inuit and be immersed in cultural activities. And I was actually very surprised to find that there was, there wasn't a whole lot. No. Um, and I was like, oh, this is such a bummer. And so I started asking around and then I learned about, you know, the stuff that QIA is doing, the stuff that the Makerspace is doing. And I was like, oh man, like, <laughs> I didn't know these existed. <laughs> yeah. I had a question for the last thing you were talking. Well, not so much like a question, but more like a comment. It must have, when you went to those kind of, um, those conferences and those 
of the same things. I'm not sure what, I, I just know conferences, but it must have been such a great feeling to go and um, meet other Inuit that are also doing things and interested in advocating for Inuit, not only around Canada, but also like internationally as well. Um, and it must have been a great feeling to go to those conferences and ask these questions and having like having the um, I don't know if power is the right word, but having like the power to kind of like help make that change being the president of the National Inuit Youth Council. That must have been such a great feeling to go and be like, OK, I can offer help to people like what do I do? I can go and speak to people, see what people are doing and just see if there's anything I can help with their programming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's definitely a, a great opportunity to network and share um, information and resources. Um, and, you know, I, I think we've seen a shift as well, uh, just in terms of like countries um, like Canada and Greenland or Alaska or Chicago, well, not so much Chicago, but like um, even in Finland, Sweden, like all of our Indigenous brothers and sisters uh, across the pond um, in Sapmi, they, you know, there's this kind of shift in really understanding um, Indigenous youth priorities and Indigenous views and values Mm -hmm. uh, as it relates to policy. And so um, there's kind of been this huge, like, engagement aspect of things from indigenous organizations where they're like we're hungry for indigenous youth inclusion or Inuit youth inclusion come and you know participate and we'll send you here you can you know provide your input and your perspectives and your views your values and what you're doing in your community what's working what's not working Mm -hmm. part of the challenge that I've seen personally um, is that getting that engagement, getting Inuit youth to follow through on their interests or their aspirations, right? Because it is like, it can be intimidating. You're going to a completely foreign country, may not have ever left Canada, maybe not even ever left Nunavut, but it's such an an opportunity to really build into um, policy and having that involvement really is going to start, sh- I think, shaping um, how countries and governments work with Indigenous peoples in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it is fascinating. It is really fascinating. And like I said, like I can't encourage it enough. Um, Inuit youth should really get out there and ask questions and don't be afraid to, you know, take risks and experience um whatever life is throwing at you at these opportunities hell yeah yeah um so through your time of niyc and working um with inuit organizations do you find that there's been anything that has helped you um setting up this project with bauktuti the let's talk about oyerok program mm-hmm. yeah um i had the uh of course the app absolute privilege of working with Baututi um, in facilitating the virtual youth engagement. Mm-hmm. Um, and so these engagements happened, I think, when COVID, yeah, just as COVID happened. So everything was shut down, all travel was canceled. And so everything moved virtually. Not, I can't quite remember, going back a couple of years, I don't remember what I did yesterday, <laughs> but I don't think Zoom was really that popular then no, because it was all. all telephone interviews. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they were all telephone interviews, if my memory serves me correct. Um, and yeah, so uh, it so happened um, that uh, at that time, um, I was immersed um, in Inuit youth work. Um, you know, and, and having um, that network of Inuit youth across Inuit uh, Nunanga. Um, and uh, so, yeah, we, like I said, we did, we've done them primarily by uh, telephone interviews. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was, it was really interesting. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So um, thank you for that. Uh, it was nice to get some background info on uh, you've been up to over your professional career 
But um, we are here to talk about uh, the project led by Bhaktuti Inuit Women of Canada called Let's Talk About Uyarak. And we just want to know what the idea behind the campaign is and what is your role in that specifically. Yeah, um, well, Bhaktuti um, has done a number of health-related programs. Um, like the fetal alcohol uh, spectrum um, disorder, um, FASD, and quitting smoking campaigns. And from what I understood uh, was during those campaigns, there was a discussion around the use of cannabis, uh, which led um, to Baututik to conduct like a series of, or a general literature review um, on the reports around cannabis use um, in Inuit communities and across southern Canada. Um, and from that general literature review, um, it was found that there was minimal information about um, cannabis um, in terms of distinction-based and evidence-based. So if we're looking, like if you were to Google like anything at all about cannabis use in Inuit communities, you're not going to find anything but information that Bautu Speak now has on the web. Okay. Um, but at that time, there really wasn't um, information out there uh, as it relates to um, cannabis use in Inuit communities. Yeah. Um, and so um, there was this um, idea around uh, education and awareness uh, campaigning um, that really aligns to the experiences of Inuit uh, and um, not just the experiences of Inuit, but also as it relates to cannabis use. Yeah, that's true. It, I think it is especially kind of considered like even still like a few years after legalization is still considered pretty taboo and People are either one way about mm-hmm. it or another. And I think it's definitely, it's what you guys are doing is good. It's important to just bring information and awareness to the use of cannabis um, and don't have to be, it doesn't have to be, oh, it's bad for you. Don't smoke it. Oh, it's good for you for these reasons. It's it's good to just get all the information mm-hmm. out there and, and people can, you know, people will do what they want to do anyway, but it's good for everyone to have the information behind it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you know, like as you were like mentioning that as well, um, you know, about, you know, it's good for you, it's bad for you. Um, and, and that's exactly what we hear and, and see regularly um, is this stigma around cannabis use. Um, you know, whether it's uh, people that are saying, oh, that's, you know, horrible, you shouldn't be doing that, that's really bad, or no, you should be smoking this or eating this every day. Um, it's really centered around destigmatizing um, and empowering inmates uh, who use cannabis, um, but it also looks at, you know, uh, the promotion of uh, healthy choices, right? So um, this whole notion around harm reduction um, and uh, ensuring that information is uh, out there that um, is first of all, relatable, um, and is, you know, identified, um, or not identified, but it's in the experiences of inmates, um, and, you know, centered around our values. So it's really all about making sure that there's uh, information out there that's safe, first and foremost, um, and informed, um, and the, and the information is, is out there so that people can make their own informed choices, I guess yeah. is what I'm trying to say, yeah, sure. and really weighing out on their own terms what the harms, risks, and uh, positives are of using cannabis, but in a healthy way. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like I said, people are going to people are gonna do what they want to do anyway, and it's... And like I said earlier, it's it's super, it's pretty taboo still um, in Inuit communities. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's just good for people to talk about it, be open about it. If you're smoking weed, if you're if you're you know using um, CBD for medicinal values or medicinal use, I mean, um, it's good to just get all the information out there. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When when you guys are putting this. Uh, project together how how did you guys make it inuit specific like what what um 
how did you guys go through the process and be like, okay, how do we make this more towards Inuit and not just everyone as a whole? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I, I guess I can kind of speak in terms of what I have understood um, from my from conversating with Baututik and, and the project lead. Um, and also just, I guess, generally speaking as well, like, I mean, first and foremost, it's, it's created by an Inuit organization, right? Um, and um, uh, this, um, this initiative is also led by Inuit values and traditions yeah. with uh, Inuit lens. So these consultations are coming directly from Inuit uh, and Inuit communities, whether this is in the north or in southern Canada, where there's a large population of Inuit. I mean, Inuit are spread across this country, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but those consultations took place. Um, the values, the beliefs, the insights, the knowledge all came from Inuit. Um, and when we look at you know, other public health awareness campaigns, it's so focused on abstinence and about prevention. Like it's always like, you know, don't, um, don't smoke weed or don't, um, eat edibles. And it's not, um, you know, don't, don't smoke weed, uh, if you're under 18 and, you know, you see all of these campaigns that are around abstinence and about these preventions, but there's really not a whole lot of information there. That's really about harm reduction because you can't control whether or not a person's going to, you know, have cannabis, whether that's smoking it, eating it, or whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, it's really, it really should be a reduction approach, right? So let's talk about Uyahak campaign really focuses on that. Um, and it, um, my understanding as well um, was that there's also an Inuit advisory committee that was part of overseeing this initiative. Um, so that's kind of how I see it. Um, that's from my lens anyway. Yeah. Um, I can't really speak for about you, Jake, uh, but just based on my experience and, and speaking with their project lead, that's, that's how you, it is in the ledge. Um, and um, it's really, you know, when you have that Inuit lens, Inuit values, um, traditions, knowledge, insights, all embedded into this, you're really looking at like empowerment of Inuit communities, right? And yeah. it's really about promoting that healthy lifestyle or healthy life choices. Yeah, it's been great to see because there are other Inuit-led programs that um, kind of follow that same suit of like not just saying stop completely. It's like, okay, like we understand that you were, you were going to be doing like taking cannabis. We understand that you were going to be doing other things and that there are other things in life that people aren't going to stop doing just because a campaign is telling them to. So um, mm. I've been seeing a lot of, not a lot, I've been seeing a few programs uh, that are Inuit led that are not so much just like not prevention, but reduction being like, okay, like as, if mm-hmm. you're going to do this, we would like to help you be safe about it. Yeah. Like we're not just going to tell you to stop completely. So I've been, I really enjoy seeing that happening still. And then especially with this project. Yeah, I think that's yeah, a, absolutely. I Thanks. think that's a good point too, because like, 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 just for an example, like, um, like it's it's good to have that safe space, um, especially for youth. Like, if 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 a, if a kid, like if a teenager, uh, if their parents are really hard on them and don't, it's absolutely no, you're not allowed to do this, never, and they never really talk about why or anything like that those those teenagers are still going to find somewhere to do it they're still going to go and maybe hang out Mm -hmm. somewhere that they they shouldn't be hanging out or hanging out outside all day or all Mm -hmm. night just because they're stoned Mm -hmm. and it's good for people to have the knowledge about it and just for to create more safe spaces and like you said yeah yeah i think that's a that's a very yeah yeah Yeah. for sure you know, like stigma is such a barrier uh, amongst youth, um, you know, just yeah. like even for myself, like just thinking back from when I was a teenager, um, there was no way in hell was I going to be talking to my parents about, you know, weed, for example, yeah. or yeah. edibles. Yeah. And I was like, no way. Like, first of all, my mom will literally kick my butt. Like <laughs> she's going to lose her bananas. And my yeah. dad's going to tell me he's disappointed. And that's the worst thing you can ever hear. Yeah. Um, um, and so 
you know, when you think, you know, like, I, I felt like as a teen, I felt like I didn't have that safety net from my parents. Yeah. Um, so that kind of, I mean, I, I was like, I did have a lot of um, older friends who would share kind of information with me and stuff, but I, I still didn't feel like, you know, I, I felt like marijuana and and maybe it was because it was illegal back then when I was a teenager that there was such a large stigma around it but like I like I remember like you know just thinking to myself oh I would never want my kids to go through that like I hope my kids feel comfortable coming to me and asking me about this or you know having conversations about this and and now you know like now I'm at that point with my own son you know he's 12 and he's you know in health class they're talking about different types of drugs and everything and of course um, cannabis was one of the topics and like I'm totally open I'm like you know yes like I hope he feels safe coming to me and talking about this right Um, but that is such a barrier Um, even today it's a barrier for teens to talk so openly about it Um, and I think it kind of comes from um, this whole fear as well and and as like if we're looking at even um, generational trauma amongst Inuit right um, there's a lot of um, that that are happening in our communities. And so um, we need to make sure that when we're creating these safe spaces, um, that there are tools and resources out there, like let's talk about Uyak through Baututik, you know, being able to access that um, so that we can have these open conversations or dialogues with our kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so... Um, I think we, there's there's always easy access to information um, about why uh, cannabis is um, it could be good for you. Um, like uh, even just a- ask any person who smokes weed regularly, and they'll give you a list of benefits of why they smoke weed. Um, I think maybe it's important to understand those, but also understand some of the risks associated with cannabis use. Um, what did you guys find during the process of putting this project together in terms of uh, benefits and risks? Yeah. Um, so one of the, somewhat like the, the uh, support that I was um, working on with both you take with, with Inuit youth. So like, I'm definitely going to be focused on Inuit youth. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but, you know, when, when we were talking uh, with, and I shouldn't just say Inuit youth, because we, we were also talking to, you know, young uh, parents as well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when we talk about Inuit youth, this is actually in the contents of like context of uh, under 30 years of age, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was really interesting when you know conversations were happening around cannabis and how little information there actually was um or little information they do they knew i should say yeah um and so a lot of the conversations would spark with you know uh, damage to lungs and other organs uh, from inhaling smoke um it can affect your uh, memory your motivation so you might feel like lazy uh, you might not um, feel motivated to go to school or go to work um you know and there's um uh, also the uh, reduction of um your ability to cope with challenges as well yeah. and so um, you know, if you're starting to feel stressed out, you go to weed. So a lot of the information I was getting was really just collecting that. Um, can't really talk about like full sum in terms of the report. I wish I could. No, no. Um, but uh, I'll, I'll leave that for, for Fautu Deek or yeah. <laughs> another person. Yeah, I think that last one that you Oh, yeah. Know. And oh, also, I should mention too. Sorry. No, no. no I, the one more thing I wanted to mention as well, too, was, um, you know, what are the impacts of um, cannabis use when you're breastfeeding, right? And they're just like, is it like when you're drinking? Um, yeah. Is it not like you're drinking? Like, should you pump before, you, like, after you have, you know, weed? Should you pump your breast milk out and then feed? And, like, there was really, like, you know, I think it's because it's been such a stigma that even um, our, you know, whole public health uh, information about cannabis is really missing um, 
the importance of um, healthy choices based on individuals. What works for one may not work for another, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so anyways, I just wanted to throw that in there too. Yeah, those are really good points to make. Um, yeah, I wanted to just go back to what you were saying about um, like how it could become someone's like sole coping mechanism. Um, and, uh, and like you said, it's different for everybody. I mean, everyone manages their stress different, but for me personally, um, I, I have been an on and off heavy smoker of weed for the last eight years or so. Um, currently I'm not smoking. Um, but, um, just wanted to highlight what you said. Um, it is, it is really easy to use it as a, as a coping mechanism for stress and for depression or anxiety um, because it can be, it can be a good escape sometimes. Like it, you feel like you feel like you could just ignore the world or ignore everything that's going on. And that could seem really nice in the moment, but like those, those stresses are still going to be there, whether it be the next morning or whether it be for the next like years or the next, you know, the rest of your life. Um, I think it's important to know and like I said it is different for everybody people manage their stress different but I think for me personally I did really use it as an escape and a way to distract myself from issues that were going on in my life and I think um, over the last two years or so I've finally been taking like really long breaks from smoking weed for months at a time and um, I think it's really really important to highlight that it's it is a good escape but you're still you still do have to deal with your issues in life it's not going to be a permanent fix mm -hmm. um and yeah i just wanted to highlight that a little bit yeah <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah thank you so much for, for sharing that um i think it's so important that we have these conversations and share our experiences right yeah. and you know as it relates to like coping mechanisms or to learn more about you know managing all of that um, Bao Tutik had um, uh, created the um, toolkit as well, right? That like the toolkit, which includes uh, information like um, fun facts or not fun facts, but they're like um, <laughs> fact sheets um, that are available. Um, and there's, um, you know, information about um, how to reduce the risk um, as it relates to um, cannabis use in um, youth, um, pregnant women, and those that are breastfeeding. Yeah. And in the toolkit, um, there's, you know, uh, an, op uh, an option to uh, do like an anonymous activity, uh, which is designed to help users reflect on their relationship with cannabis, uh, understanding any potential impacts on their life, and recommend helpful resources based on their decisions. Um, highly recommend um, checking that out for folks that are interested. Um, and I think, you know, when we're looking at that, it's, it's such a good idea to, uh, for youth particularly, to ask themselves, like, why am I interested in using cannabis? Or why am I interested in smoking weeds? And yeah. why, am I, why am I smoking it? And, you know, like just kind of those kind those questions are so important to to ask yourself yeah. um, and it definitely helps uh, individuals to better understand themselves as well and where they may have like shortfalls or uh, maybe some barriers that they can identify that and be like oh man like I'm you know finding myself stressed out and I'm using more and I'm like I'm stressed out right now because of finances or I'm stressed out because of um, my boss at work or I'm not getting enough ships and you know that kind of thing and and it can kind of help you to like um, I don't know like be able to bring everything together and pinpoint where the stressor might be that's causing you to go to cannabis and then reach out for, for help from there or be able to look at you know ways of reducing um, the use of cannabis yeah definitely yeah the introspection is always necessary every step of the way in life that's definitely a good point. Do you know if Bauktutit has gone in contact with any of the, like, the health centers across, like, say, Nunavut or places that are have a higher Inuit population to see if they could send the toolkits and then 
if someone wants to pick up a toolkit from a health center, they could do that? Or is it through Pauktutit's website? Um, yeah, I think uh, Pauktutit uh, has contacted the health center and uh, they'll be mailing them out soon so that uh, they'll be available uh, hopefully in the, the next few weeks or so. Okay, cool. So for the people listening, toolkits coming to you soon. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then for, for all the youth that are in Nunavut and like you were saying for questioning and, um, keeping it in mind, is there anything you would say to youth that are interested in trying cannabis, whether it be weed, edibles or CBD, um, or the ones that are using them already? Is there any words of advice that you would say to them? Yeah, um, you know, I, I try and think back to, like, when I was younger, because <laughs> I, I can't really see myself as a youth now, but, like, just kind of thinking back, um, you know, I think it's it's so important um, for folks, even if they're not youth, you know, you can be, you know, a middle-aged person and try cannabis for the first time. You can be a senior and try cannabis for the first time. Yeah. Um, but I think it's it's important um, for folks to find out why they want to try it. You know, what is it? Is it because your friends are doing it? And is that a legitimate reason? Um, is it um, for uh, medicinal purposes? Um, like, it's, I think it's really important for, for folks to really think about why, the why, um, and to identify if... Um, you know, if this is really about managing their stressors, um, and if it is, um, then, you know, take the necessary steps to see if maybe, you know, reaching out to a trusted person to talk about this mm-hmm. um, and help, you know, be guided or, or at least feel that support um, and having that support uh, safety net, I should say. Um, but really just find out why you want to do it um, and talk to somebody you know and you trust. Yeah. I think that's great advice. I wish I heard that advice when I was younger. (laughs) Same. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One thing I'll throw in is um, uh, when I was a teenager um, and I was smoking, um, I... I, I I didn't use use it as my only source of stimulation. Like I, my my favorite thing was, and I'm not trying to give advice or anything, but like, if people, if you are still, if you are going to be smoking weed, it doesn't mean that you have to, you know, hide in your room and just be a loner, be whatever. Like I I used to like playing sports when I smoked weed. Um, that was one of my favorite things. Um, I found focus level was uh on a different level and i mean weed is different for everybody maybe it's not good for some people but i don't know it's i i just wanted to add maybe that yeah there there's more to just sitting sitting and sitting around with friends and doing nothing and smoking weed i think eh, maybe it's a dumb point yeah yeah for sure i wish i heard that too Wanted to, uh, I wanted to actually add um, as well, like, you know, talking about, let's talk about Uyak and, and the toolkit through Baututik, uh, Inuit Women of Canada. Um, there is more information available on their website. Yeah. Um, highly recommend, um, you know, you can just even Google it, you know, Google um, even cannabis in the Inuit communities and it will come out of um and it will take you directly into um, the um page with all of the information resources uh, fact sheets like it's it's actually it's it's so user-friendly there's some great infographics on there as well so it makes it fun uh, for I, I i say fun in such a weird way i mean i don't mean like <laughs> fun i mean like it's good to learn right yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i like you know like the infographics are, are fun 
they're they're really good um, for you know it's it's an eye catch I should say um, and it has yeah. some really good information on there so I encourage uh, folks to to visit their website and, and check it check it out the reports on there as well and if people are interested in, in reading it yeah that's great check out the Bakhtutit website it it looks beautiful we checked it out too it's very like it's very eye catching it's very easy on the eye and like it's um the information it isn't cluttered i find whenever i'm on a website and there are too many words i just don't want to read anymore but i find that the yeah website is really great for that yeah it is it's it's so user-friendly um highly highly recommended um they they even have some videos or at least they're they're working on some videos from my understanding <laughs> great nice um so I've got a couple more questions here. Um, what are some ways that uh, we can, uh, what are some ways that us and other youth can reduce risks of cannabis to our health? Um, so, I mean, if you're, if you're smoking cannabis, um, do it outside, right? Um, that's one of the things um, that uh, we look at for those that are smoking inside the house. It's best to be outside smoking. Um, so it would be the same with, with cannabis use. Um, and uh, one of the um, one of the, the biggest mistakes made uh, with edible cannabis um, is to accidentally eat too much. Um, oh, yeah. This I have heard from oh, a yeah. lot of people. Yeah, oh, yeah. it can be deadly. It can be very deadly. And so, you know, the the edibles, yeah, (laughs) the edibles, um, as we know, uh, you can experience much uh, stronger and unintended high. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so if you are going to experience or experiment with uh, edibles um, that you start with, you start off with a, a low THC product. Mm-hmm. Um, and start low and go slow, right? Like you're not going to eat a whole bag of gummies. Um, that's extremely dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's just, it's just a matter of if you are going to try it, um, start off slow, don't eat, you know, a whole bunch, maybe try one <laughs> yeah. and wait like an hour or yeah, two before at least an hour. Cause those side effects take, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's just, I, that's what I would recommend. Um, yeah. But, like, another thing as well is, like, I see so much um, on Bautitik's social media pages. Like, I, I follow them um, all the time. And one of the things that I see all the time is, you know, they're always looking for Inuit youth um, to participate. Um, and so I encourage um, youth to um, get involved in their committees um, that drive these projects, right? Like, these are led, uh, really uh, led by uh, Inuit perspectives, Inuit values. Um, so with Inuit youth engagement, um, it will definitely help both uh, Duke and, and um, you know, following the priorities, um, especially as it relates to cannabis use, because there's really, I think there, we have, all of us have a lot of uh, room to uh, make improvement and, and better understanding. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's important we all talk about it. Let's just talk about it. People do it. People want to do it. People want to learn about it. Let's just talk about it. That's what we're here for on the smoke break. Um, yeah, for sure. <laughs> we have uh, one more question. Um, so, I especially up here in the north, or I don't know what it's like really down south, but um, sometimes it's really just hard for parents and teenagers or you know young kids um, to just have these kind of awkward conversations or uncomfortable conversations. I was lucky my parents were very vocal um, and very, very open with all kinds of things. Um, But uh, I think um, a a lot of parents and children slash teenagers have trouble talking about these kind of things. Um, How do you suggest that uh, both parents and both teens can approach these kinds of awkward conversations about cannabis? Yeah, that's a really good question. <laughs> you know, um, I'm not sure if you guys have seen like this meme that's like circulating Facebook, but it's like 
um, a picture, like a really funny face uh, of a person that's like, you know, um, when he started talking about the things you did that were illegal when you were a teen in front of your parents. Um, <laughs> I've made so many of those faces. And I'm like, uh, yeah. No, at least I'm a mature adult now, Dad, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I think, you know, I, I think it's just, it's, it's so important uh, for parents to uh, have an open mind um, and be prepared for these conversations uh, with youth, with their kids, um, and be open to it. Like, it's, it's just, it's so important to make sure that our kids feel um, safe and understood uh, yeah. without feeling judged um, or stigmatized, you know? And like, it's such an awful feeling. I'm always just kind of putting myself into like, when I was a teen, how did I feel? When I was younger, how did I feel? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't want my kids to feel like that. And so I think it is just so important to to make sure that um, there's that openness um, between parents or even if it's not parents like guardians um grandparents aunts uncles cousins you know just be open-minded um and and make sure that it's um not um that it's a safe space for them Uh, and so there's also the uh discussion tool uh within let's talk about yeah um and so this or discussion guide i should say um and it's really such a helpful tool uh, for parents um, so you can take a look at that as well, and it can, can kind of give you like some ideas in terms of how to approach these conversations or these discussions with um, your kids. Yeah, that's great. Thank you for that. Yeah, thank you. All right. Uh, is there anything else uh, you'd like to bring up uh, about this project or anything else? Um. Yeah, I think, you know, it's just a matter of um, just all of us admitting that cannabis is here. You know, we can't we can't just put it in the closet and keep it in there and let it dust up. Yeah. We need to be having these open conversations. Um, we need to look at, you know, how we can create uh, safe spaces for um, kids to have access to information um, so that they can make informed um, decisions um, so I think yeah I that's really I think that's really it no it's great you yeah. you got a lot of information out and it yeah. was very easy to listen to thank you yeah. and understand awesome well thank you so much for for having me for sure thanks for coming on um, cannabis is here it is legal get aware learn about it if you're gonna smoke Make sure you're talking with friends, your family. Let's all just let's all just talk. That's what we're here for. We love you guys. Thank you. We are the smoke break and we we love you. We love you guys so much. We love you guys. Get educated. Be safe. Be loving. We are the smoke break. You can find us at C I G G A L I A Sigalia on social media. Thank you very much, and have a great night. This podcast episode was brought to you by Let'sTalkUyarap.com. Listen, we have no trouble talking about weed on this podcast or the smoke break. But for many parents out there, it's not an easy subject to talk about with their kids. Letstalkuyorup.com has tools and discussion guides to help you out. If there's one thing you got to keep in mind is you got to keep it open and non-judgmental. You got to listen to your kids and their questions. It's important to talk it out no matter how hard it might be. We love you guys. Akuluk. Cheers.